This is the AC Report. Well, they blew up the chicken man in Philly last night. And they blew up his house, too. Down on the boardwalk, they're ready for a fight. Gonna see what them racket boys can do. Now there's trouble busting in from out of state And the DA can't get no relief Gonna be a rumble on a promenade And the gambling commissioner's hanging on by the skin of his teeth Everything dies, baby, that's a fact But maybe everything that dies someday he comes back Put your makeup on, fish your hair up pretty, and meet me tonight in Atlantic City. It is time for our weekly look at what's happening in Monopoly City, the city that has given so much joy to those of us that love to visit it and caused so many who have not visited in a while to scratch their heads about why people would want to keep going there. I'll tell you, I'm a big Atlantic City fan. You wouldn't know it by how infrequent my trips have become. But I'm always interested in what's happening there. And uh, my favorite podcast that deals with Atlantic City is the Do For A Win uh, podcast, the Do For A Win Atlantic City and Casino Biz podcast. As soon as I see there is a new episode uploaded, I run to my smartphone to play it and listen to it promptly. My only complaint about the podcast is that uh, it uh, takes so darn long between episodes, and uh, I wish it was on every day. Uh, The co-host of that podcast, Craig Stone, is kind enough to join us this morning. What's good, Craig? It's always good to talk about Atlantic City, Frank. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. It's great to talk to you. For people that have not heard your podcast, what is Do For A Win? Basically, just uh, every other week, although it's been three weeks now, (laughs) we talk about Atlantic City for half an hour, an hour. You know, the latest updates, what's going on in the casinos, what's opening, closing, new developments, all that stuff, and uh, try to fit it all into... 30, 45 minutes. <laughs> That's it. I really like the rapport that you and um, Kyle Askin, your your uh, co-host, have with one another. How long have uh, you guys been been friends with one another and making these Atlantic City trips together? So we became friends in college. He was good friends with my roommate. <laughs> so we've known each other now for about 17 or 18 years. And we actually started going to Atlantic City when I moved from Maryland, which is where he's at, uh, up to New York City. And it was sort of like a between place. So so I started going, I think, in January of 2010. And I remember saying, uh, I'll probably go once and, and never really <laughs> want to go again and say, you know, that's enough for me. And I just immediately fell in love with it. And it became a thing where we were just always planning the next Atlantic City trip, always talking about different stuff going on in Atlantic City. Um, you know, what we wanted to do next, what we thought was interesting. And uh, it became sort of something where we said we should start recording this and see where it goes. And and here we are now, I think, six years later or seven years later of having doing this. So it's been a lot of fun. Well, it is a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun as a listener. Uh, I enjoyed the most recent episode that you guys uploaded, especially because 
it dealt with a uh, trip that you guys both made to Atlantic City. I can't remember the last time that both of you were in Atlantic City together. And so I kind of got the whole uh, trip review. But give me the um, give me the highlights of your most recent trip. How long had it been since you were there? What were some of the highlights of uh, of the trip? And what was different from your previous visits to Atlantic City? Because Atlantic City, the only constant is that it's ever changing. Yeah, so our, our last trip was in mid-March, I think, was when we went for the last trip report, um, or late March. I think before that, it was December, um, like right before Christmas. So it had been a few months. Um, we stayed at opposite ends of the boardwalk. He was way up at Ocean. I was way down at Tropicana. Um, and we just kind of did a lot of running around and going to non-casino stuff. I think one of the big highlights was as soon as we got into town, we just started checking places off the list of where we wanted to go. You know, we always have this big list of, of restaurants and bars that we want to check out. So we started at Tropicana and just started walking and went up the boardwalk to a pizza place that we had heard was good that turned out to not be good. Yeah, that was from the now that was from the Amy Rosenberg list of the best boardwalk pizza, right? Yeah, and and we had the number three place on our list the last trip, and and she did not steer us wrong in that one. But I don't know if it was just an off day or what. And so number one you, place. you went to the number one place, and it was just mediocre. It was worse than mediocre. Well, really you know, bad. everybody that lives in Atlantic City that I've spoken to from all walks of life, they say you really can't eat, get good pizza on the boardwalk they say there's only three or four spots in atlantic city that you can get good atlantic city and none of them are good atlantic city pizza and none of them are on the boardwalk so i think even the best boardwalk pizza is probably pretty lousy yeah i mean i'll say the steel pier pizza that's just out of like a big trailer in front of the steel pier was shockingly good um like it would it would hold up with a decent new york city slice um, but yeah, most of the boardwalk pizza we've had has been subpar. <laughs> All right. So, okay. So you, by the way, don't you think that's a shame that so many people that do visit Atlantic city regularly, they don't get outside of the casinos to explore the boardwalk and explore some of the other attractions that Atlantic city has to offer. Yeah. And we were guilty of that for a long time. Even after we started the podcast, we would kind of go and, and just stay in one or two casinos. We are you know, mostly hang out in the casino we were staying at and, and hop a little bit from casino to casino. I mean, I think we thought that we were getting around the town by casino hopping more than most people do, but we weren't really going to places out on the boardwalk or especially out off the boardwalk. Um, and, and now we've really made that a focus and mm. I think it's made our trips a lot more fun. We're getting a lot more of the flavor of Atlantic city. And it also helps that there's been a lot of development, you know, the orange loop, adds a lot of places that are really worth going to off the boardwalk. So I think we're seeing that a lot of people are are making the trips off the boardwalk to go to, you know, things like Rhythm and Spirits and and Bure and places like that on the Orange Loop. And and hopefully that's also directing people to some of the older kind of hidden gems, like stuff we hit on the last trip, like Atlantic City Bar and Grill and um, places like that. I love the Atlantic City Bar and Grill. I find the food there, especially the seafood, absolutely phenomenal. And it's uh, one of the few great restaurants in Atlantic City that you can actually enjoy at a decent price. It's, they don't kill you in terms of pricing. Uh, by the way, in terms of uh, the Orange Loop, I want to wish a happy birthday to Mark Colazzo, the proprietor of Rhythm and Spirits and uh, uh, so many of those uh, those those 
Tennessee, the Tennessee Avenue Beer Hall, but a lot of the Tennessee Avenue businesses, including Cuzzy's, a new pizza spot that I haven't tried yet, but I'm told is pretty good. Uh, if people are just tuning in, we're talking with Craig Stone. You can hear he and his partner Kyle Askin on the Do For A Win Atlantic City and Casino Biz uh, podcast. Craig, what's the best way for people to to find the podcast, by the way? Just doforawin.com, or if you're in any podcast service, just search for Atlantic City Podcast, and we should be the first thing that comes up, I think. I haven't checked in a while, but I'm assuming that's still the case. So recently, uh, we saw the 2021 profit data um, for the Atlantic City casinos. What uh, what does it show, and how does it stack up to the pre-pandemic Atlantic City? Yeah, it was really positive news Uh it was $766.8 million in 2021 of, of profit. Um, it was like the gross profit, the earnings before interest taxes. I don't know what all that, <laughs> the, um, the full term is, but, uh, you know, the, the casinos only made $117 million in 2020 because of the pandemic. They were closed for all of the summer, which didn't help or not all of the summer, but all the spring and into the summer. So comparing to 2019, though, it was up um, over $100 million, so or, you know, almost $200 million. So really good numbers. There's like 29% increase. Um, so mostly positive stuff. And so it was really good to see that and really good to see that the city's doing really well, especially because you know there are two new casinos. And so the city needs to be making a lot more money. <laughs> the, the profit needs to get expanded as there's this expansion of more casino properties. And that was a big concern before the two, those two casinos opened Hard Rock and Ocean was, you know, will they really grow the the amount of money coming into this casino? And is there enough money to go around for nine casinos? And it seems like we're seeing that, that there is. Now, I know that you finish each episode of the podcast by doing a review of the most recent edition of Boardwalk Empire. Now, I thought I watched Boardwalk Empire way too late. I watched it, I think, five or six years after it was off the air. You guys are putting me to shame uh, because it, you are making your way slowly through this series. How are you? Um, how are you liking the series? And if you do like it, is that frustrating for you to wait a couple of weeks in between episode viewings? Yeah, it's, once once every two weeks is too slow to watch a show. I mean, everybody you know binge binges shows now, and we're doing the opposite of binging, <laughs> whatever word that would be. Uh, we just recorded um, yesterday, and so we watched the season four finale, which I thought was amazing. I thought it was one of the best. I think the second half of season four is like one of the best runs in the show. Uh, and so, you know, bounced back from season three, which I didn't think was that good, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm finding the show really, really good again. And it is weird that we're so late to it considering that we're, you know, big Atlantic city fans and it's a show about Atlantic city and we just didn't get to it until, you know, however, however many years after the fact, but, uh, yeah, it's really enjoyable to, to go through it. Although it's kind of funny that we always joke that we we don't watch it until the night before we record, and it's sort of like having homework and procrastinating, right, right. waiting me. till the last minute. Yeah, believe me, I I get it. I, I feel that way with uh, with some authors or filmmakers that I uh, that I have to uh, interview, and uh, a lot of times you feel like you're cramming for an exam. Uh, uh, but if people haven't seen Boardwalk Empire, irrespective of their fondness for Atlantic City, you think that's a show that still holds up because people's tastes do change as television shows change and everything. Yeah, I mean, I think the the standard of of good TV has changed a ton. So I, you know, everybody for right. a long time was saying like The Wire is the greatest show of all time and stuff. And I think that 
I haven't seen it, but I, I know that Kyle has said that it, it, he doesn't think that's really true anymore because the, there's been so much good TV since then. I think for other than season three, which I think is legitimately bad, I, I think that Boardwalk Empire still really, really holds up. You know, the writing is excellent. Um, you know, the season four finale, I thought was just the, so dramatic and in, in such surprising ways that, uh, you know, that kind of stuff, it just holds up. You know, that doesn't go bad over time or anything. Yeah, no, that's for sure. Talking with a do for a win Atlantic City and Casino Biz podcast. How is it doing an Atlantic City podcast from, in one case, Maryland and one case, North Jersey? I mean, is it difficult going to Atlantic City as infrequently as you do to do a podcast focused on that town? Uh, we haven't find it, found it all that difficult because we always sort of talked about it anyway. So we were always following the news very closely. I think it was harder when we had a long stretch where, you know, Kyle and I both have youngish kids. So we had very young kids early on in the podcast. We both had a second kid while we were podcasting. <laughs> and so th those stretches, I think you're going through this now also, <laughs> those stretches where you don't go very often, it gets a lot harder. Like when you're really only going, you know, once every six months. Yeah, no, believe me, I, I feel, uh, you know, I, I'm jonesing for, for an Atlantic City trip. Believe me. Um, if you had to pick, and a lot of people listen to these podcast, these uh, segments that we do, and then they get inspired to plan a trip to Atlantic City, even if it's a place that they haven't been to. Your favorite bar or restaurant outside of a casino? And the same question, your favorite bar or restaurant within the confines of a casino hotel? I think my favorite uh, restaurant inside the casinos right now is Dockerty's at Resorts. Um, I actually heard from a listener that they've been closing early lately, although it's midweek. So hopefully it's just a midweek thing and not a sign that they're struggling. But uh, it's a newish restaurant that's owned by the same people as uh, Doc's Oyster House, which is very famous Um long tenured restaurant. So I won't pick Doc's Oyster House as my favorite non-casino non, uh, restaurant, even though it's very, very good. Uh, you know, I'm a big lover of the Irish pub, mm. but I know Kyle will get mad at me if I say the Irish pub because it's a, it's very polarizing <laughs> and he is really not a fan. Yeah. Well, um, he doesn't like that it's dark. Is that the deal? It's very like low ceilings, so much deck there's just no not an empty space on the wall in there there's so much stuff everywhere and yeah just dark low ceilings um like you come out we came out after last trip we went and came out and it was light out and it was just show, so shocking to come outside yeah <laughs> of, i've been there I've been, that's there what's so great about it i feel like when i'm visiting there and uh, a shout out to kathy burke the proprietor of uh, that establishment who last time we were there i think gave us some uh, some free appetizers, which was delightful, is you almost feel like you're hiding away from society. And especially if there's a day where you've had bad gambling losses, that's kind of what you want to do. You want to, you know, you want to hide away and not let the daylight find you. At least that's my view. Yeah. yeah. Um, um, but then, yeah, like everything on Tennessee Avenue Beer Hall, I mean, everything on Tennessee Avenue, like Tennessee Avenue Beer Hall, I really like. Um Rhythm and Spirits, I, I think, is excellent. I mean, I, just all that stuff is doing so much for the city in my mind. So um, I, I think I would, rather than picking one, I would just say, like, go out to the Tennessee Avenue and do sort of the old and the new, like pick a Lily Irish pub, Tennessee Avenue Beer Hall, all those things, and, and get that experience. Yeah, no, I, I think that's very sound advice. What uh, – I mean, it's becoming increasingly likely that they're going to – 
do away with uh, smoking in these casinos. Uh, I am, I enjoy an occasional cigar. I'm uh, disappointed that I won't be able to luxurate in that fashion any further. But what impact do you think that's going to have on the Atlantic City experience? Even after they banned smoking statewide in New Jersey, the one exception was Atlantic City casinos. Is that going to change the Atlantic City experience significantly in your view? Uh, not for me, uh, and I think I think right now th- there's no start on seventy five percent of the casino floor um, in Atlantic City casinos. And for me, for the most part, that does a really good job yeah. of of limiting your exposure um, as a patron. So I know that the the driving force behind this is the dealers that don't really have that choice to just walk to a non smoking section of the casino. But but I've always kind of appreciated that that you know you can go up. To to your hotel after a day in the casino and your clothes don't just totally smell like smoke. Um, but I also understand that for a lot of people, it's, you know, like having a cigar, having a cigarette is a big part of the experience. I, I don't think financially it's going to be great for the city. If that happens, I'm assuming the casinos are going to fight it if it really gets pushed hard. So we'll see how, how far it actually gets, but you know, certainly the, the wind is blowing in that direction, I guess right now. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm not sure. I'm not sure how big a financial impact mm. it'll have, but I think, I think for most people, um, you know, it's, it, it, we see in the Facebook, like our Facebook group, the everything AC casinos, Facebook group, which is the big Atlantic city Facebook group. Um, it, it's kind of polarizing and, and I'm, I'm actually always surprised at how many people are in favor of it and say like, this would be great. It's, it's, it, it's just as many, if not more pe- than the people who are saying, Oh man, I really enjoy having a cigarette and, or having a cigar at the casino. So it's interesting. Uh, that it is. Uh, talking with Craig Stone, you could listen at the Do For A Win uh, podcast. Just search Do For A Win on any uh, podcast app. It comes right up. In terms of uh, some of the exciting changes that are coming to Atlantic City, Bally's looks like they're doing some really interesting things. Just a few years ago, Bally's was a total dump. Now they're adding all sorts of new dining options. They're renovating rooms. Uh, they're launching a, a beer garden in the area where Harry's Oyster Bar used to be. Would you say that's one of the more exciting things happening, at least on the boardwalk casinos at this point? Yeah, I mean, a, a couple of maligned properties in my mind are, are doing some of the biggest stuff. I think Bally's with the yard beer garden that, that they're currently working on. Uh, we saw them doing construction on it when we were in town. I think that's going to be really great, especially in the nice spring, summer, fall months to, to be able to go to that beer garden. The location is dead center on the boardwalk. It's, um, it's a great space. The, the courtyard space at the old Harry's oyster bar was always a great space. And so to like utilize it more fully, I think is a really good idea for Bally's, um, the rooms at Bally's in that big pink Bally's tower are, are big rooms. And so they're, they're in dire need of renovation, except for the ones that were updated to, to be Jubilee rooms, which I don't know how many, like, I don't know the percentage of the rooms that were updated, but, uh, renovating those, I think is going to make them actually some of, you know, it'll bring them up to par with, with some of the other, um, nicer properties, maybe like card rock and stuff like that. So that, so that'll be big for them. Um, and you know they they're lagging behind everyone else in terms of gambling revenue. Uh, I think they actually in March nicked ahead of uh, resorts and, and Golden Nugget. So hopefully this will start that trend a little more. Um, and you know they, they they're an interesting one because they 
Bally's always had Wild Wild West. Wild Wild West is now part of Caesars because Bally's used to be part of Caesars. They lost their whole players network because they're not part of Caesars. So they have an uphill climb, but it seems like they're doing a lot of stuff to to move forward. It, it seems a virtual certainty at this point that there are going to be three New York City area casinos that uh, come to fruition within the next few years. What um, impact do you see that having on the Atlantic City gambling market? It's hard to see it being positive, obviously. I know that a lot of people (laughs) are very doom and gloom about it. I mean, I think if they open a big Borgata-style place, you know, right outside of New York City or in New York City where it's it's easy access for everybody who normally commutes into the city anyway – uh, especially from North Jersey, where you know, like like I am, <laughs> where I would normally come to Atlantic City, and then then I would have this casino option really close. I think that that would hurt a lot. I think if it goes the direction that I'm seeing being rumored, which is basically just upgrading like Resorts World in Queens and Empire City in in Yonkers and that kind of stuff. I sort of wonder if those places are already in their position in people's minds and that that's not actually going to affect mm. Atlantic City as much. Like people who are going to Atlantic City will keep going to Atlantic City. That's probably being overly optimistic. But, uh, you know, if I was running it in New York, that's not the route I would go. I would really go for the kill on Atlantic City and put like a mega resort somewhere either in uh, in Manhattan or, or very, very close to Manhattan. I think people underestimate how much of a pain it is to get out by JFK to go to to Resorts World. I've never been because it's very it's a it's a distance, very short pl- amount of uh, miles covered to get to Queens, but to actually get there on public transit is extremely difficult uh, from New Jersey. So you know, it's just if I'm going to do that, I might as well just go to Atlantic City. So, um, but I, yeah, we'll see where they go with that. Uh, you know, one of the other things I really enjoy about your podcast is that you guys. Go through what's happening now. You go through the news. You have a little fun talking about uh, whatever the next Atlantic City trip is or whatever the last one was. You do a Boardwalk Empire review towards the end of the episode. But you also start um, with a Atlantic City this year in history. How do you select which year in Atlantic City history you're going to profile? And where do you get that great Atlantic City historical content? So I don't know how we came up with the idea. I think it sort of started with a a random number. So we would do – I think it was around episode 75 or something. We started talking about like, oh, well, it's episode 75. So in 1975, this happened. And and then, you know, it's – a little more confusing now that we're on 171 to be doing 1871 and 1971, because at some point we also, uh, you know, Atlantic city was founded in the mid 1800s, mid to late 1800s. So we started with 18, the 1800 and the 1900. Um, so we're going to get to a point soon where we're doing years that we've already done. Uh, luckily those years, there's a lot going on in Atlantic city, like in the seventies when gambling uh, legislation was, was introduced and, and legalized. But, uh, I just search it. I just Google it and uh, find things, you know, sometimes like these random 1871, 1870, you got to go through pages and pages to find something totally random that happened at the time. Um, but also the Atlantic City Free Public Library, I searched the date there. The There's someplace called the AtlanticCityExperience.com <laughs> that I search there and, and just hope, hopefully come up with something decent. And sometimes it's something really important that's happened, like, you know, the uh, 
gambling legislation is pitched for the first time. Sometimes it's something totally random, like a menu that we found from an old hotel. <laughs> and that's the only thing to talk about. But uh, we always have fun with it. And it's always really interesting. Yeah, to, no, that's for sure. Something. Definitely. Uh, people should check it out if they're fans of Atlantic City. Does uh, Kyle ever get upset that he doesn't come on this show? Which he's welcome to, by the way. I don't know. He he wakes up earlier than I do, so maybe it would be uh, not as as much of a change for him since I think he gets up very early anyway. But uh, no, he's he's normally very happy with me being the sort of the face uh, of the Do for a Win brand. Yeah, I don't know if I would say the face, but yeah, like doing the sort of outreach kind of stuff, the social side right. of it. Do for a Win <laughs> yeah, ambassador to the to the world. When's your next yeah. Atlantic City trip? We are thinking sometime early June, first week in June, and I think we actually for once have more than just us two going and, and some of our friends that we haven't seen in a while may, may meet up Wonderful. with us. So. I may try and crash that trip and, uh, and see you in person. We'll do the Tennessee Avenue uh, Beer Hall Bar Crawl together. Yeah, that'd be great. Uh, Craig, it's always a treat talking with you. I will speak with you soon. Uh, our best to Kyle and, and everybody. Yeah, thanks a lot for having me on. Thank you.